chaos. That's a good slug. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. It's three songs. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. 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 Three songs. Three songs. Yes, siree. Episode 170, what is it, 175, Bob? Is that right? You are correct, my friend. How are you? 175 of Three Songs Podcast. I'm good. It's December Excellent. 14th, 2021. How are you, Bob Nastanovich? You're really good, thank you. Yeah, it's lovely here. Wow, beautiful. Uh, yeah. Everything's good. You know. Good. Thank you. Let's, uh, I'm Mike Hogan, you're Bob Nastanovich, I'm in Portland, you're in Des Moines, let's dive right in. Yeah, exactly. So what are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to hit us with a, something new, that's your I'm game gonna, plan, right? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of mentioned to you, every every time we're doing a show between now and the end of the year, I'm going to play something new. So I'm going to start off with uh, a release from earlier this year, not that long ago, a few months ago, came out. Fresh came out uh on it was a joint release um a british label called tough love and um i think the american label uh is called uh i don't even know how you pronounce it mount saint mountain m t s t m t n mount saint yeah, mountain. yeah. I mean, the codification going on with these labels and band names these days blow my mind. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, so it's it's uh, a new form of originality. T- like um, Tough Love is the label in the UK. Mount Saint Mountain is the label in the US. Buy it; it's great. It's a good record. Uh, well, I let us enjoy decide it. after we've heard it. What are well, they called? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for you, and then if 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 you agree, you can go buy it. It's um. The band is is called Cindy. They're from San Francisco, kind of uh, indie indie rock, indie pop. Um, woman vocalist, uh, I believe her name is not Cindy. Karina Gill, not Cindy. No one in the band, in fact, is named Cindy. However, the band is named Cindy, uh, and the album is called One Colon Two. The numeral one colon the numeral two. Just came out a few months ago. I think you'll dig it. Uh, I'm gonna play a song called "My Friend," but the whole album's damn good. So check it out if you like this. I like that. I like the fact you love the whole album. Yeah, if you like this, I think you'll like the record. Um, here you cool. go. It's it's it. You know, it's sort of like Mazzy Star, uh, third album Velvet Underground. Um, just good stuff. I think you'll dig it. Those are, you know, high praise before you even rolled the uh, track. That's right. Enjoy. All right, go on, Sydney.
Yeah, that's Cindy. My friend. Yeah, very very sweet um, sounding. Yeah. Um, sure, sure they get their fair share of Galaxy 500 comparisons as well. Uh, indeed. I'm sure. Um, but, you know, lovely band. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, you know, uh, some of their stuff has a little bit more of an angst to it. That that's kind of a mellower one. But um, well, we like yeah. to keep it chill here. Yeah, we're, we're starting to chill. Uh, yeah, I would we'll say it in the high gear. Things are getting a little noisy later on. But no, in, that was lovely. When did you discover that, Michael? You you'll dig it. Uh, I know you will. Thanks. How did you discover that one? Uh, you know, they've been getting a bit of attention. In San Francisco, there's there's a few different bands. There's uh, my buddy Glenn Donaldson, who does the red reds, pinks, and purples. He's been in uh, a few yes, different... Yes, that band. I've, I've just started listening to them in the last 60 days. Yeah. Um, he's put out some, <clears throat> some records. We haven't played them on the show, but we've played, uh, I think, some of the bands he's been in. I know he's been in the Sky Green Leopards. He's been in... Ursa Minor. He was in a band with, um, I think, the guy from Woods. Um, but his his solo stuff Jarvis. is very, very, very. Uh, uh, you know, I I, I want to say like, so. Uh, um, sorry, not Silpries. Um, Slumberland. No, some Slumberland, like indie pop. Um, really catchy, you know, just pure pop stuff. And I think Cindy is in the same vein as that and is, is often not lumped in, but like seen as fellow travelers in the same scene in San Francisco at the same time, making like really beautiful pop music. Yeah, that's pretty it must be strange to live in San Francisco these days. I mean, uh, um, in terms of like, how the hell do you afford it? Right. Got to have roommates, I would imagine. The roommates are like, somebody's got to have a good job. I mean, right. I would assume. I mean, like, I couldn't live there. No. I mean, be technically, hard. I mean, like, if you had to relocate to San Francisco, you'd, you know, even compared to Portland, which is non affordable city for most people. Uh, um, no, you could work it out. Much more expensive. Yeah. It's one of the most expensive cities in the world. Yeah, That's why I think it's kind really of interesting. Is. Like, I've got C Night on Broker's Tip, but I'm like, how the hell do these people afford to live in San Francisco? Or maybe they live, like, somewhere in the Bay Area. But, I mean, you would just call yourself, like, not from San Francisco if you just well, lived in the Bay Area, right? You, can, you know, I think there are some situations where you grandfather in as far as rent control in your current rent environment, where you're able to get like a really pretty amazing deal um, that you wouldn't find if you just went out into the open market and like moved there from Des Moines or Portland or wherever and said, I'm going to, I'm going to start living in San Francisco. Like it would be different, I think. Um, and I would imagine that there would be, you know, there's there's some of these bands and some of these people that have been there for a while that have fallen into amazing deals. Yeah, no, I think the same can be said about New York City and London. Yeah, for sure. Um, and certain other places. Um, 
How many amazing deals have you fallen into in your life? I mean, <clears throat> um, I feel like you've kind of always paid your way. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, you know, I mean, I, enough, I hear enough of about these people. Uh, Cindy's cool. I hear of people. Um, I wonder why they call themselves Cindy. I don't know. And, th- and that's the thing. It's like on Discogs, they're like the 57th Cindy. They're Cindy. I know. That's a thing it's like um there's you know, cindy colon you know or parentheses 57 so i mean it's bizarre i mean like it's like to me it's like naming the same horse like um right. red rum or something a hundred right. times i mean right but anyways you know it works for them i mean they've obviously cut through the ice and they've you know fallen on your ears so i, I could they have a two minute long song I, I could play you a second one if you want to hear if you want to hear yeah, a go ahead and roll, and roll out some more cindy you know i right. enjoyed the first one okay does someone have more angst uh just it's a little faster slightly faster uh this one's called party store it's only two minutes long so um it's over quick at least here you go let's go to the <laughs> party store they fall into the category of one of those bands where you wouldn't want to have a loud conversation while they're playing. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, in other words, I couldn't speak during their show. Some of the earlier stuff is a little bit more of an edge to it, but yeah, the new album is pretty mellow. And, yeah. Uh, sweet. Very sweet sounding. I'm happy you love that. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Good stuff. Anyways, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make a rare, I don't know how many times we've done this on this podcast and I'm, I'm going to make a rare foray 
into Florida. Okay. I don't even know how many times we've played bands from Florida. I don't really think of um, Florida. Um, obviously, there's, and I think Florida's changed culturally in the last 20 years. Um, I remember playing, I mean, in my particular experience, I would have played in Tampa a few times and in Tallahassee and Gainesville. And one time in Fort Lauderdale, which was insane, it was kind of like playing in Vegas. Like, I mean, it was one of those places for pavement where we were so out of place, like nobody cared about pavement in Fort Lauderdale. So it was like, kind of like, why are we here? Like flying the flag for um, 90s indie rock in Fort Lauderdale. Um I still can't figure out why it was like 60 punkers who probably enjoyed two or three songs that we made during the set. Um, That being all being said, which is kind of beside the point, there was kind of a very interesting band um, from Orlando, um, perhaps the most famous indie rock, rock and roll band from Orlando in history, um, who has a most unusual band name and it's two brothers. Um, they're, and they're kind of a big deal. They, they, they started in 2008. They're called Ton starts bandit, um, which is T O N E S T A R T S S B A and H T all runs together in lowercase Ton starts bandit or tone starts band hut. It's the White Brothers. It's Andy White on guitar and vocals and Edwin White on drums and vocals. And actually, I was unfamiliar with them until a while back. I started. I, I stumbled upon this band called EOLA, E-O-L-A, which is the project led by the drummer vocalist Edwin, um, which is kind of it's kind of really interesting. Listen, um, they're kind of they're actually an all vocal project. Um, but I, I delved further into Tonsar's Bandit and a lot of the songs are very long and trippy and weird. Um, they put out, I think they put out about, I would guess about eight or nine albums at this point, starting 2008. So they're incredibly prolific. Um, several of them were on a Montreal based label called Arbutus, A-R-B-U-T-S. I don't know if I butchered that as well. And when these two dudes play live, they play with additional musicians. Usually it's like a four piece. I've watched some live footage. Um, but, um, in 2021, they made a, a brilliant record called Petunia, um, that's available on the sizable indie rock label Mexican Summer out of Brooklyn Town. And I guess this would be their most famous song. Um, And again, a lot of their songs are really long, but I think this is a very um, lovely entry into the 2021 uh, world of music listening in which there's just so many fantastic things that happened this year. And this is um, Ton Starts Bandit with a song called What Has Happened off their album Petunia. Mm-hmm. 
pretty cool. Kind of reminds me. Yeah, of Orlando freak scene. What kind of reminds you of you, Mike? Radiohead. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, there's some Radiohead vibes in there for sure. I mean, they're definitely. Um, yeah, that's like a very poppy song for them. They, you know, they're, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, they're pretty trippy. Yeah, you know, psychedelic. You know, it's these, you know, it's two brothers from Orlando, um, which is no diss, um, and it's you know, it's you know, they're from Central Florida. Um, they've you know they've they've done quite well for themselves. They've uh, they've toured I mean, the world, and um, I've I certainly they, heard of them. I don't know a ton of their stuff, but like uh, I've heard. I think a couple that's their of biggest albums. hit. That's their, yeah. that's the only thing that they have that could be called a hit, which might draw the radio head. And that's comparison. on the current album, right? Yeah. That's all Petunia. Petunia is an amazing listen. Um, and when I say that, you know, keep in mind, like, as I've said many times before in this program, I'm, you know, a huge fan of the three minute form and yeah. da, 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 da. they, um, you know, they're no stranger to the 17 minute song or the, you know, then follow. I, I see this a lot today with the kids. Um, they'll have the 17 minute song, then they'll have the 82 second song, and then they'll have the eight minute and 31 second <laughs> song followed by the three and a half minute song. It's just like, um, you know, it's interesting the way music worked um, back in the day where radio you know and i think that's you know you know keep in mind like if you're on the radio whether you know aside from like freeform college radio which we both participated in sure i mean that that version you just heard actually is an edited version yeah um because that was obviously a song that people wanted to play on whatever the hell, however the hell things work these days with alternative rock and, um, you know, they're on Mexican summer, which is big business. And so that's technically a radio edit of what was originally intended to be an eight and a half minute song. But I think that bands find grooves um, and they roll out the groove. And I think that both in the eight minute form and the five minute form of that song, Andy and Edwin, um, I was, I've watched some interviews of them. They seem like very, um, down to earth, um, interesting people. Um, and it's always glorious, just like, you know, being from Stockton or Charlottesville or Davis or, you know, I mean, ideally Des Moines, but, um, that to come from left field i think that um you know being from orlando is actually like hold on like there's actually these two really interesting brothers making their own music on their own terms in orlando and you know they've gained a fair amount of you know and they've worked really hard for it they've been a lot of records they put a lot of songs they played a lot of live shows including touring in southeast asia everywhere they've been around and they obviously <clears throat> deliver the goods. Um, I just think they're a very interesting band to fo- everything's interesting about them. 
I think they have a certain amount of prog in them, mm-hmm. um, prog rock. Totally. Um, and I just think they're very um, a, a, a ta- towering pair of brothers who make, make interesting music. I just think it's a, that's a, a beautiful song, you know? Yeah, for sure. I dig it. Thank you, yeah. sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's it. my 2021 entry on today's program. All right. Well, I'm going to... Um... I'm going to go back a little bit. I'm going to play a band. I'm going to be very interested to see that band live. Well, for sure. Bandit. Are they, I, I would Bandit. imagine like, they're, they're playing if, you know, if they come through Portland, which, you know, seems like the chances are seems good. like if all they're bands touring the do, West coast. They, they the will. The West coast. Yeah. yeah no, I would know. say that like, yeah, I'll go. You've got a far better shot to see them than I do. Unless I, unless I bump into them, on my travels this upcoming year, if, if everything comes off for both Tone Stars Band Hut and, and pavement. Fingers um, crossed. My man. I guarantee that I'm going to go out of my way, whether it's at noon or four in the morning to check these dudes out. Yeah. Um, Fingers crossed. And whoever they brought with them. Fingers so, crossed. Um, one band that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing live next year are, is is tone tone source bandit okay well speaking i want to of... see because i want to see if they can pull it off live because i've listened to a lot of it and eola is very interesting too maybe i'll put it on a future show okay um but no they've they, they definitely have some some really interesting vibes going on and they them they get my full-on tip of the cap for what it's worth well speaking of bands playing live I want to play a band from Wellington, New Zealand, 1980. This is a live rendition of a song. This this is released on the Silt Breeze label. Came out uh, 2014. Um, Tommy Lax. Tom Lax, yep. The band is called Shoes This High, and it featured... Brent Hayward, who later went on to be in a band called Kiwi Animal, but this is this is his like I don't I I, I kind of hesitate to even describe it. I'm just gonna play it. What is this like from eighty? From nineteen eighty. It's from um yeah, really early drawers, really early drawers. Yeah, June twenty second, nineteen eighty, live at the Billy the Club in. Wellington, which no longer exists. Wellington, yeah. New Zealand. So um, yeah, I guess we're right out of the new school and way back into the old. Yeah, we're going so back into that's the gonna old be the school. vibe. The rest of the show, we're gonna kick it. We're gonna kick it historical now. Yeah, for sure. This is a song called "Mental Whiff" by the band Shoes This High. Uh, Shoes This High. Our archival release on Silt Breeze. Here you go. Enjoy. Bye, 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 bye,
intense man um must have played gigs with um there was so many that was wellington right yeah wellington gordon's were they christchurch gordon's or uh, were they i think wellington they were christchurch yeah yeah not I mean, right across the old street there you know um got to had to have played with them right then i would imagine I, hard to imagine they didn't play with gordon's and you know, just punk rock. A lot of those classic New Zealand, um, you know, you you tend to think of early New Zealand stuff as being a little poppier, a little f- more flying nun. But that's like that. Oh, well, not according to Chris Knox. I mean, I think when the um, when the eighties came around, then yes, things sort of shifted. But like in the 70s and early 80s things were completely chaotic yeah. like that i mean total chaos yeah for sure I mean, that would have been like you know that would have like predated and you know who knows what the clean and chills were like at their first gigs right you know then you see like you know of course the dead sea um were their own weird thing they were done eaten but like now that um that's the of course seat of government in in new zealand wellington right indeed tough tough place have you heard that band shoes this high cook straight never before no yeah Yeah, that made sense to me that that's like 1980 wellington like check check them out i mean that that reissue on silt breeze it's it's a full-length lp there's like god i don't know 10 12 songs it includes an ep the one ep that they they released in their um their time as the band uh came out in i want to say 80 1980 
81. Uh, not on Flying Nun, on STH Music. You know, it was a 7-inch EP. It's, it's, it's the kind of thing that you can't find easily for more than, a, you know, like for less than a 50 bucks, 100 bucks. You're not going to find that record. Right. Um, it's uh, worth checking out. And the EP came with, or at least the seven, or the LP came with um, some bonus tracks, and include the EP, and you know it's 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 worth buying and and worth uh, digging into, and it's it's more than just the live stuff. It's really cool, early New Zealand punk rock. That that you know has a little bit of a um, you know almost even a little bit of not just a punk rock but but kind of a jangle pop sense to it. Yeah, no, they're intense. Um, I'm gonna go with a punk rock classic, Mike. Um, okay, it's been a sad weekend. Um, we lost. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, ultimate punk rock legends from the north in England. Yeah. Um, one of the most revered punk rock characters um, for very good reasons um, that the world has ever seen um, comes from a very tough place, South Shields, which is down the river Tyne, east, east of Newcastle. And it's uh, Mency, Thomas Mensworth. Um, passed away from COVID uh, this past weekend at the age of 65. Um, even this year, a true anti-fascist, um, if there ever was one, in fact, even in recent months, he was dragged out by the cops um, attacking neo-Nazis at a rally in his town because um, they were attacking... Um, innocent aspects of the Asian community. Um, a anti-racist, just but it all, all in all, just like a full-on um, punk rock legend, uh, Mency, beloved um, not only for his musical contribution with Angelic Upstarts, which is rather massive. Um, huge band that started in 1977. Um, and this song in particular is amazing. Um, the story of Little Towers. He's a guy, L-I-D-D-L-E Towers, Little Towers, um, who was murdered in, in 1976 by the coppers. Um, he was arrested. He was a, a boxing instructor, which means that, you know, that keep in mind there wasn't like Back then, there wasn't martial arts or anything like that. So I think you were sort of like um, taught to fight. You are taught to box. And uh, Little Towers was, you know, when he was killed in 1976, um, he'd been arrested in a bar. And, and he was difficult to arrest. And he was very angry. And he was taken away by six cops and thrown into a van. 
and put in prison and let's you know the i mean as as far as anybody can tell from his story little towers the the fact of the matter is is he he took a extreme kicking from the police and um he was thrown into a jail cell and at four in the morning uh, there was a decision made based on his request to send him to the hospital and the really sort of intriguing part of the story to me is that he was then sent back at 10 in the morning after being in the hospital for several several hours sent back to jail um and soon after that he was released and later that day he died and it became a massive case in the mid to late 70s of of police brutality um and after the case was heard it was ruled a justifiable homicide that he was brutally killed and then after appeals it was called something which is a a term that i can't even imagine called death by misadventure um anyways little towers was brutally killed by the police in a place called Burtley. um not extremely far away from south shields which is a rough place and angelic upstarts who became you know one of the most formidable bands from the north in england punk rock bands of all time and continued to play um, up into the legend, one legendary guitar player in the band, Dickie Hammond, who was much beloved, died in 2015. Basically, you know, drank himself um, into death. Uh, another guitar player in the band who also, um, you know, was a legend in his own right, a guy named Tony Feedback Morrison. Um, he would have died earlier this year of COVID. But um, Mency, he died this past weekend from COVID as well. And I'm just going to go ahead and play um, what is a complete punk rock classic. It was originally released on Dead Records in 1978. Then it came out on a really famous punk rock album in 1979 on Warner Brothers called Teenage Warning. And this is uh, The Murder of Little Towers or Little Towers by Angelic Upstarts. Police can 
Some but some bit of why did he die or did they lie? I think he's dead. So a doctor said he was beaten black, he was beaten blue. But don't be don't be alarmed. It was the right thing to do. The police have the power. Police have the right to kill a man to take away his life. Drunk and disorderly was his crime. I think at worst he should be doing time. But he's dead. He was drunk and disorderly, disorderly, and now he's dead. Questions are unanswered. So, um, what happened to him? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> obviously in this country, the, you know, the, the, the George Floyd killing would have been rather similar set of circumstances, wouldn't it? Um, 
I guess, except, you know, I don't know if he was drunk and disorderly, but yeah, in some ways. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, he was, I mean, he was drunk and disorderly, but in this day and age, he was, I can't remember the prick's name who killed George Floyd, um, who's, he's not worth even being, he's not worth, he, you know, back then, right. After all, all the cases were heard, and Little Towers, who was a boxing instructor, who went to the bar and got pissed and got in a fight, and he was drunk. And, you know, the, perhaps the police were sick of deal, dealing with him, so they gave him a right kicking, mm-hmm. and they they killed him. And sort of the thing that the the oddest, the most odd part of the story to me is that he was. They were released him to the hospital, and I just don't understand how the hospital could have sent him back. But that's you know, that was that's the strange one, very strange aspect yeah. of his death. I don't understand how a responsible health worker could possibly say like this guy's like might die. Instead, they said he got sent back to a cell, right. and then he was released later that day, and he, and he died. Right. And then when when the case was heard, because there was no, obviously unlike you know, the George Floyd case or any other police brutality case you want to name in any part of the world, the whole world got to see the images of 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 George Floyd dying. Um, right. Nobody saw the kicking that Little Towers was given. Right. And um, but you know that's all beside the point, Mency. Uh, was a you know complete legend who spent his whole life, including in this year, um, a, a, you know everything that he did in his career as a and he became a very successful um, punk rock singer in Angelica Upstarts, who were a huge band, mm-hmm. um, you know one of the biggest punk rock bands from the north. Uh, was was just a lovely guy, and he just he you know in his mind he knew it was right and wrong, right? And it was an absolute disgrace. And like uh, you know he he spent his whole life attacking not only police brutality, but just anti-fascism in general. Like he just you know yeah you know you think of this guy, you see pictures of him as this like you know big, not even that big really. Just he looked menacing on stage. But he was fierce, and um, his message was, you know, stop the fucking madness. I yeah. mean, it's in all of their songs, and right. uh, it's just, uh, you know, yet another horrible loss from uh, from the pandemic of mm-hmm. that is COVID nineteen. That um, his life and all the good work that he did, not only as a musician but also as a humanitarian, um, he's. It's gone now, but uh, now if you haven't uh, listened to Teenage Warning, it's one of the greatest punk rock albums of all time. I think they um, they, they had a pretty deluxe re-release of it in the last, I'm going to say 2013, with all of his um, pretty menacing and pretty clear lyrics of you know what really set him off. Um, and it's, you know, that's one of the great things about punk rock is that, um, it gave 
him a platform to express his disdain for how the system worked and uh god bless him and god bless mency and and you know i I wish i'd paid more attention to him when he was a kid um and obviously i never got a chance to meet him but uh you know uh, thank you thomas mensforth for your contribution to uh stopping the fascist madness for sure i you know i I don't know angelic upstarts and i will dig in because listen listen to teenage warning yeah uh next time you're in the mood for like you know um you know brilliant punk rock music i'm listen listen to almost there's more to it but teenage warnings i'm almost always in the mood for brilliant punk rock music so yeah Teenage Warning, yeah, fantastic. Cool. Um, well, I'm going to play something from early 70s from Jamaica. Uh, I'm going to play Count Aussie and the Mystic Revelation of Rastafari. Count Aussie died in 1976. This was from an album that came out in 1972. Um and it's kind of considered dub, reggae, Rastafari. But in a lot of ways, I hear this and I hear free jazz. And I want to play a song from the album called Ground Nation. This is O Caroline. <laughs>
Oh, Carolina. So good. Yeah, it's beautiful, but I didn't really find anything free jazzy about it. I mean, like, it's a tremendous I mean, like, that, you know, that one was, food, you know, dancing around to it. You know, that's like a, a that one was a little more um, composed. Straightforward. Yeah. There's some other stuff that's a little more free. You want me to go out with it? Oh, no. I, yeah, if you want to. Yeah, no. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, I, I mean, like, I mean, I know who Count Ossie is. I know he's like this. Uh, it was actually a very interesting time in Jamaica. He was not accepted, you know, kind of as part of the scene. And he's, you know, brilliant percussionist. And he played with his hands. Yeah. And um, which, fuck. I mean, that must be an arduous task. Um, <laughs> but uh, just, you know. But I mean, it was interesting era um, where he was just not accepted yeah. in the scene. See, so, yeah, let's hear like let's hear something more free, um, just okay. to give a feel for because like that sounds play... sounded like I mean it's brilliant. Sound. I'll play. Um, it was I'll play this one. To. Way back home, <clears throat> just a touch. Sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's just so incredible.
so so beautiful. Well, that was fantastic. Just, that was fantastic. Love yeah. that. <laughs> Lovely listen. Who's playing the sax there? Do you know? I, I don't know. Let me look. Let me see if I can find out. Um, just so beautiful. It makes yeah, me so happy listen. to hear that. Right. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, it's a good tune. Yeah, that's off Ground Control. Ground Nation is the name of the album. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know who's playing saxophone. Engineer is Danny Butler. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michael. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Dig in. Anyways, uh, Michael Nesmith also died this past past weekend uh one of houston's finest sons uh, at the age of uh 78 years old yeah of course um uh you know the famous uh wool hat guitar player from the monkeys of course um yeah which i believe were you know they were thrown together in la in 1966 davy jones peter tork mickey dolans and michael nasmith and Became these sort of like weird. Um, I don't really know how to describe the monkeys. I know you must have watched some of the TV shows, right? Um, a little bit. I mean, it was a little after or a little before my time. I was, you know, kind of a '70s kid, and that was a '60s show. But you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it when I was a kid because it was on TV when I was watching TV, which was you know when you were probably a little kid, sort of yeah, thing, right? Um, and I never really, you know, grasped it. I thought it was like, um, you know, for lack of a better word, quite corny, and um, and it's quite interesting. Michael Nesmith, who was the guitar player, um. In 1970, right around the time you were born. Oh shit! I shouldn't actually date you. A few <laughs> years okay. before you were born, um, <laughs> he went, <laughs> he was in a he at some point. I think actually in in 19. So when he was like a teenager, he wrote a song called "Different Drum" that became a huge one of Linda Ronstadt's biggest yeah. hits. Um, and uh, made a lot of brilliant music, and even in recent months had been on tour. Uh, he'd kind of been on tour relentlessly um, for the last several years, in which a band that included a friend of mine, a guy called Pete Finney, who's a brilliant musician in his own right, um, the husband of my good friend Carol Tully, and recently completed a tour at the age of 78, and he's sort of, um, you know, as a songwriter and, you know, he would have participated quite famously on the 12th Monkeys EP, which was released in 2016 it's called Good Times. He maintained, maintained his friendship with Mickey Dolans for sure. Um, that, that album's on Rhino. There's some great songs on there. If you look at, like, who wrote the songs and who performed the songs, it's one of those legends of rock like this song was written for who and who performed on what sort of thing but i'm already concentrating on you know the great michael nesmith um and really one of um you know the most beautifully beautiful songs from the 60s a song called a different drum different drum and uh 
I guess uh, you wanted to play that. Like, we don't want to play the Linda version. You wanted to play a Lemonheads version. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna start it off. They're gonna start it off with the original version. Okay. Um, by Michael Nesmith, um, different drum, and then Mike's gonna play the uh, oh, the Lemonheads I'll version of Lemonheads, it. One of many yeah. versions of it, right? Right. It's 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 a beautiful song. I I don't know if I've ever heard the original, so I'm I'm curious. Let's oh play. yeah, no, the original is one of the brilliant. I remember it was on a, it appeared on a mixtape when I was driving a bus in New York, 1986, made by my friend Vicky Wheeler, and I'd never heard it either. I just I just like kind of discarded the monkeys as being silly. Yeah, and she's like, no, no, Michael Nesmith wrote brilliant songs, and here's you know the best song oh. you ever. And you know Michael Nesmith, like you know he's. I mean, he was an executive producer of Repo Man. I mean, in 19, you know. Indeed. So anyways, Indeed. Yeah, here's Different Trump. Here's his version of Different Trump. All right. Well, you and I travel to the beat of a different drum. Can't you tell by the way I'm wrong every time you make eyes at me? Yes, you cried moan and say it'll work out. But honey child, I've got my doubts. You can't see the forest for the trees. Now don't get me wrong, it's not that I knock it. It's just that I am not in the market for a girl who wants to love only me. Saying that you ain't pretty All's I'm saying is that I'm not ready For any person, place, or thing To try and pull the reins in on me Well, I feel pretty sure that you'll find a man Who will take a lot more than I ever could or can And you'll settle down with him And I know that you'll be happy So goodbye I'm leaving I see no sense in you crying and grieving We'll both live a lot longer If you live without me, babe I'll go red Fantastic! 
Do you want to hear the Lemonheads? You wanted to play the Lemonheads version, yeah. And keep in mind, like, he, um, you know, when the Monkees sort of died down, he started the first national band, which were immensely successful. Um, They had a huge hit called Joanne and another big hit called Mama Nantucket. And he just sort of, like, um, departed himself from that whole scene and got into film and and playing, you know, country music. Yeah. Um, It's beautiful. And, um, you know, as a kid, he sort of, you know, hinted, you know, that was the the music that he felt most comfortable with. And you're going to play the Lemonheads version of Different Drum, and then I'll end the show with a a song off, you know, one of his less heralded albums, which heralded albums called Loose Salute. But, um. Go ahead, yeah. Lemonheads playing uh, Different Drum by Michael Nosmith. Okay. Rest in power. Enjoy. Yeah, no, no. I want to play one song that he originally wrote uh, for the Monkees under the title Carlisle Wheeling. Um, And it's a a tribute to him and his brilliance. And um, 
he would have recently completed a tour and uh thank god he didn't die on stage um and uh he he made it home and and uh lived to the to the long age of 78 um and this is a brilliant song off the album called Lou Salute, uh, which was released in 1970 called Conversations. And uh, Michael Nesmith and uh, Thomas Mensforth, two giants in, the, in their own genres of music. And uh, here we go. Just in how it's shaped 
song yeah conversation. absolutely yeah Man, fantastic you know thank you my friend yeah my pleasure thank you mike yeah episode 175 you got a bit of editing to do there sorry about that no not too bad shouldn't be that you know shouldn't be that bad you know no, the... it'll be fun thank you <laughs> sure. hey we'll put her up there and 175 is in the books hopefully we'll get to 200 at some point but uh you know we'll, we'll work on it we're getting uh, close Thank you, my man. We got to make a plan. Well, yeah. Yeah, love you, mate. Love you, too. As always, a major pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Love you all. Thank you.